on Saturday, September 18th, the sixth summit of heads of state and government of the community of Latin American and Caribbean states known as CELAC was held in Mexico City. CELAC is a regional bloc of Latin American and Caribbean states established on December 3rd, 2011 in Caracas, Venezuela, under the government of the late President Hugo Chavez. The bloc, which was formed as a counterweight to the U.S., um, to the U.S.-dominated Organization of American States, known as the OAS. The OAS, by the way, plays a very negative uh, role on the ground in Haiti. But CELAC includes 32 sovereign countries in the Americas, but it excludes the United States and Canada. Uh, and they uh, symbolize a long-standing push for deeper integration within Latin America and the Caribbean, as envisioned by independence heroes like Simon uh, Bolivar and Jose Marti. It is also designed to minimize the overwhelming influence of Washington on the political and economic systems of Latin America and the Caribbean. The current president pro tempore of CELAC is Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, uh, better known as AMLO. Uh, meanwhile, at the invitation of AMLO, Chinese President Xi Jinping delivered a video speech at the uh, at the summit. Uh, let us go now to hear a bit of what uh, AMLO, the president of Mexico, had to say. Mexico's president suggested Latin American and Caribbean nations form a bloc similar to the European Union. While at the Community of Latin American and Caribbean States Summit in Mexico City on Saturday, host President Andrés Manuel López Obrador said regional powers should consolidate. It is time to end the lethargy and establish a new and vigorous relationship between the people of America. It seems to me that it is time to replace the policy of blockades and mistreatment with the option of respecting each other, walking together and associating ourselves for the good of America without violating our sovereignty. Leftist leaders in the region gathered at the invitation of López Obrador with the stated aim of weakening the Washington-based Organization of American States. Notably in attendance was Venezuela's Nicolás Maduro, Peru's new president Pedro Castillo, and Cuba's Miguel Díaz-Canel. For years, leaders have expressed concern that the OAS is too close to the United States and have resented its exclusion of Cuba from its member states. López Obrador told more than a dozen leaders that forming a new body could boost the region's unstable economies and empower countries to confront health and other crises. A new CELAC fund was also announced at the summit to respond to natural disasters. All righty, and uh, I'd now like to welcome uh, Laura Carlson, a journalist based in Mexico City, where she comments on globalization, the drug war, immigration, and gender issues for various international news outlets. Laura Carlson, welcome. Thank you, Margaret. Good to be here. Okay, Laura, I'm hoping to continue this discussion with you uh, tomorrow, actually, at our weekly roundtable. Hopefully, you will be able to, to join us. But uh, meanwhile, just tell us about uh, what you see as some of the most significant things that came out of this year's CELAC conference. Well, first, as you mentioned, this is an attempt to revive uh, CELAC, which played a prominent role at its founding and then was semi-dormant for many years. 
Now there are more progressive governments in Latin America, and with the leadership of the Mexican government, with Lopez Obrador, uh, there was a meeting of the ministers, the foreign ministers, to prepare this meeting, and then there's this, there was this meeting with uh, the vast majority, 31 of 33 countries represented with, with 20 heads of state. So there was a response uh, to the proposal to unify as Latin American and Caribbean countries without the, president, the presence of the United States. This has always been the point. There's a clearly, in the speech by Lopez Obrador, there's a clear intention to reject U.S. hegemony in the region. And the purpose of it, it says, is a commitment to build a new international order that is fair, more inclusive, equitable, and harmonic, and adheres to no non-intervention in the internal affairs of states. So to fortify that was extremely important. And uh, it was, it was, it's, it's a work in progress. You can't say that it was achieved, and you can't say that it wasn't achieved. I think the success or failure framework for it is difficult. But if you look at the declaration, there's a series of points that really do set out a different point of view regarding um, the positioning of Latin America, not only vis-a-vis -vis the United States and Canada, but also among themselves. And the fact that they were able to get together countries as disparate ideologically as Duque in Colombia and Maduro from Venezuela, who did attend the conference, was an achievement in itself. Right. And uh, Laura Carlson, I mean, it is notable that CELAC, you know, was founded under uh, the late president, uh, Hugo Chavez, who is so maligned uh, continually uh, here in the United States. But um, the tell us, they, they took a position, there's, there was a lot of concern about the role of the OAS, the Organization of American States, which everybody knows is basically controlled by the United States, does the bidding of the United States, for example, in Haiti, <laughs> uh, among among other things. So tell us the significance of that, because CELAC, um, if they continue to hold it together, can be um, something that is counter to the role that the OAS is, is playing and also the significance of the Chinese President Xi Jinping um, being invited to give a speech to the summit, uh, Laura Carlson. It's, it's very important to mention uh, the, the existence of CELAC within the framework of the Organization of American States under the leadership of Luis Almagro, who has clearly aligned himself with the right-wing governments and U.S. interests in the region. The Mexican president proposed dismantling the OAS, and in fact some people believe that that would come up specifically as a proposal in this region. But what CELAC has traditionally done, and I think this will be the tax to take, in this case, as the, as the organization is renovated, is become a much more effective, inclusive, and um, oriented towards the needs of, a of the people, a place where those kinds of decisions can be made, and that gradually reduces the importance and the relevance of the organization of American states in the region. There's been so much criticism from the time that they designed and then later defended the coup in Bolivia, it's lost a great deal of legitimacy with many governments. And so this effort 
to create an alternative um, organization for resolving regional differences is important. And I think that the the presence of the speech of the Chinese of, of Xi was was also significant in the sense that what they're saying is a, a clear rejection of the Monroe Doctrine, which was again revived explicitly under the Trump administration and really has not changed as much as certainly many people would like to see in terms of Biden policy. Uh, what they're saying is that we will make our own decisions and we are not the backyard of the United States. And, Margaret, I was listening with great interest to the previous segment, and I think it's important to note that the, the linkages, um, there's a specific point in the CELAC uh, declaration that condemns and laments, it says, the cowardly assassination of the president of Haiti, Juvenil Moise, and, uh, is, uh, and makes a commitment uh, to resolving the situation in Haiti and categorically rejecting the violence and all the expressions uh, and looking for a path toward peace without impunity. I could see a very positive role for CELAC in this with the description of how U.S. intervention has led to the collapse in, and the political crisis, economic crisis, crisis on every level in Haiti now. It's clear that the United States has no role to play in rebuilding the nation or resolving the internal tensions. And so uh, a role for CELAC, obviously, alongside CARICOM, which was for the Caribbean Commission, which was uh, also represented in the CELAC grouping and are being talked about as the next uh, president of the organization, could be extremely beneficial. And that's a role that they have played in the past as well. Related to that is the stance on immigration to reject the criminalization, xenophobia, uh, racism in immigration policies. However, that's a tough one given the fact that the Mexican government has been backing up the U.S. policies and the scenes that we've seen here in Mexico lately in terms of the deportation and the mistreatment of Haitian refugees are uh, very similar, identical really to many of those scenes in the United States. So there's going to have to be a lot of public pressure to make sure that all of these points within a very progressive declaration from CELAC are followed up on and are respected among the government. One of the other very important ones is the unity on the issue of vaccine, access to vaccines, and confronting the pandemic within the region, which has had a tremendous cost in both lives and in economic terms. Uh, they're talking with the help of the Economic Commission on Latin America and the Caribbean. There's a whole plan that would also request and push for liberation of patents and specifically targets the monopoly control and greed of transnational pharmaceutical companies in an effort to create much more public access. So these are all positive directions for the organization. And what is still unclear at this, at this point is the political viability, given nations like Colombia, uh, highly dependent on the United States, and other right-wing uh, leaders such as Uruguay and Paraguay, who came out directly against the presence of Venezuela and Cuba and could be obstructionists on other points of the unified declaration. 
Right, and we know that uh, behind the scenes, the U.S. and um, their people on the OAS working to undermine uh, undermine CELAC and a lot of other interesting things. Uh, uh, Laura Carlson, uh, they talked about um, the. Uh, Latin America and Caribbean Space Agency um, for and um, the allocation of $15 million for the creation of a regional health regulatory agency to combat uh, COVID, which you mentioned. Um, also, an integrated fund to deal with natural uh, disasters, uh, which would uh, help also to push the uh, International Monetary Fund to, to really come up off of um, what is really really owed uh, to these to these countries. And um, Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela um, talked about um, promoting the region's multilateralism, integration, and cooperation, but notably absent was uh, Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro, who apparently uh, refused to uh, participate in, in this year's uh, CELAC. So, yeah, we were so you happy know, it, that Bolsonaro did yeah. not come because his delegation was declared positive for COVID when he attended the United Nations, and he refused to be vaccinated. He left uh, CELAC in, in 2020 at the bidding, I'm sure, of President Trump, complaining about the president, the presence of Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua, and, uh, and has not come back. But there are expected to be some pretty major political changes in Brazil in the new future uh, that that uh, could change leadership and reinforce the power of CELAC. Right, and, and Laura Carlson, just in the, the few minutes that we have left, you know, talking with uh, people here in the United States, the, the level of information about the reality of what's really going on uh, south of the border. I mean, the, the propaganda, I'll have to say, um, by put forward by mainstream media, you know, when you look at a, a place like Venezuela, for example, I mean, what country doesn't have problems? Look at the problems in the United States. But I recall being in Venezuela, waiting on a line with mainstream journalists from the United States. This was a press conference uh, President Chavez at the time was going to give. And all of them knew what they were going to say. They knew what the line was, and it seemed to me they sounded like State Department talking points. It didn't matter what President Chavez was going to say. It didn't matter what the situation really was on the ground, but there just was a particular line that had to be told to the U.S. and the international audience about Venezuela. Similarly, uh, the similar thing has gone on in relation to Cuba as well. And it's not to deny that there are problems um, in every country. Look at what's happening in the United States, for example. But as a journalist um, working in the region, um, I wondered your, your thoughts on this, because there's a lot of misinformation floating around about, even about the OAS and the role they play and what's truly uh, going on. Laura Carlson, just a, a couple of minutes, I'm, I'm afraid, for this, but we'll continue this discussion on tomorrow's weekly roundtable, we hope. Will you be able to join us, Laura? Yes, of <laughs> course. Uh, yes. Okay, well, right. Especially as a foreign policy analyst for many years in the region, it's extremely frustrating, Margaret, because the analysis is not based on fact. 
for and one of the biggest examples, Venezuela is of course an example, and many people don't even know that they're involved in negotiations with the opposition here in Mexico that have actually led to a series of advances re re uh, regarding the upcoming elections. But the classic example, especially on display in the CELAC meeting, was the comparison between Cuba and Colombia. On display was the division on Cuba. I just returned from a human rights delegation in Colombia. There are the constant attacks on Cuba because of protests that, got, that included about 1,000 people. In Colombia, they've been going on since April 28th with millions of people in the street. In Cuba, there isn't a single death or even scenes of beatings. I dare anyone to find those kinds of scenes, you know, besides possibly some pushing. Um, from those couple days of protests, in Colombia, we took testimonies from students who had lost their eyes from close-range firing by security forces, had been run over by tanks. Um, there are different estimates on the number of deaths, but they're above 80 now many of them, from almost all from security forces or from forces allied, paramilitary forces allied with security forces. So these kinds of contrasts, when you look at actual facts, you know, are completely obscured by the ideological uh, manipulation of the mainstream press in the United States. And that's one of the things that makes peaceful resolution of controversies within our region absolutely impossible when they are directed by a United States government, an imperialist government, a neoliberal government that is determined to, to propagate these myths in order to advance its own interests. That's the hope that lies in CELAC, that an alternative space can be created that will deal with problems as they are, as people suffer them, instead of a completely channeled through the powerful interests of economic and political actors in the hemisphere, particularly controlled by the United States government and transnational corporations.